This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm glad you're here tonight, and we're excited because Brother Jamie Walden is back with us tonight from Omega Dynamics, and we are going to get in because uh, I had just recently seen some stuff that Brother Jamie was talking about, and I really wanted him to share it here on this earth, or here, excuse me, here on this program, because this earth is going berserk it's going nuts if you if you didn't see today i believe it was the annual festivus report came out today um that uh brother Rand paul always puts out in the congress every year of the absolute waste uh, that's going on and folks that is nothing compared to the waste that is going on in the so-called church of jesus christ today i'm not talking about the real one i'm talking about those that are that are claiming to be followers and are not the waste of the true word of god because it's not being shared anymore and a false gospel has infiltrated and there is a surprise coming because listen folks the truth is the second coming of jesus only comes as a thief in the night to those who are not watching you go read those scriptures carefully you will see it clearly the thief comes to those who are not watching because if the goodman of the house would have known which hour the thief was coming he would not have suffered his house to be broken into therefore we are to watch and be ready and not be out here wasting our time well with that i am going to bring in brother jamie jamie are you here with me yeah i'm here brother thanks for having me on again Hey, brother, glad to have you. I'm excited and um, just just uh, pumped because every time you come on, brother, it's like for me, it's like heading to uh, church service. Um, no matter yeah, where I am, you get me. So yeah, that's the way it should be every time, brothers, brothers and sisters get together. That's for sure. We're gonna we're gonna one day have the the Jamie and Frank off air conversation. It's going to be like after, you know, their death, they found these hidden tapes. It's going to be like all of our hours. We should have hit record and we never did. And yeah, uh, no kidding. Folks, the intensity you hear from Jamie and I on the air is the same intensity we have off the air um, when we talk. <laughs> so there's, there's no difference. We're not making this up. This is just who we are because we're excited about Jesus. We're excited about our Heavenly Father. We're excited about what God's doing, and we are aware of the hour that we are in. Brother, I know I wanted you to share a little bit about some stuff God had recently put on your heart, but I'm going to ask if you would open up this program with a word of prayer. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Let's pray. Lord, we we just thank you and praise you for the opportunity to even gather together and to proclaim your name and to seek your face, especially while it may be found, Lord. I know there's woeful woeful scriptures that you have uh pronounced that in that day men will seek your face but they will only see your back and in that day men will stagger to and fro searching for the word of the lord but they will not find it and we just thank you god that uh that you sustain us uh regardless of the famine that's going on in the land around us by your living water lord and by the bread of the life that you so freely hold out and i pray lord that we would we would eat and drink and be satisfied, Lord, and that we would thirst no more in you. So I just thank you for this opportunity tonight to, to be on with Brother Frank and to just 
proclaim your righteousness in the land, your holiness in the in the land, and your love and your grace and your forbearance. But also, like you said, also the the day of the Lord's vengeance, um, not just the the day of the Lord and of His visitation, but also of His vengeance as well too. That it might narrow our steps, God, and keeps our eyes fixed on You. So be with us tonight, Lord, and touch our lips and our minds with Your Spirit to uh, share what only You would have us to share. And we just bless the name of your son, Jesus Christ, over and above all else, Lord. And I pray these things because of him. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for that. Um, I want to start off. I I wish I would have pulled it up because it it's a reminder um, of something I, you know, we talked about to share tonight, but I'll have to pull it up. It's in Josephus's writings. Um, but Josephus I don't know if you're familiar with this, Jamie, but he had mentioned that when he was writing, of course, his history, historical writings, that Seth was a righteous man under seven generations down there. I believe it was something like that. And that Seth had the knowledge of what uh, the knowledge of the stars, that there is a true knowledge in the stars. And, and brother, I, I firmly believe that the heavens declare the glory of God. The false anti of that is what we call astrology. But that Seth had the knowledge of the stars and that he wrote it based on a prophecy from Adam that the earth would be destroyed two times, once by water and once by fire. Not knowing at the time which was going to come first, he wrote it on clay and on stone, one that could survive water and one that could survive fire. And Josephus said that that still stood, I guess the one of clay, in the land of Syriad unto his day, almost like he knew where they were at. And the reason I bring this up, brother, is because this earth will be judged by fire. Now, folks, I was reading this from Josephus, but we know that the Bible absolutely says this. But apparently, this knowledge goes back way, way into ancient times that destruction was coming. And so, brother, I wanted to just open up the mic and have you share a little bit about some of the things that's going on uh, in your, the Lord has laid on your heart lately about fire and judgment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and the scriptures are very clear that that not only is is the earth that was already ju judged with the deluge, just in Second Peter three three through seven, it talks about. And and again, I always I always give these. There's always qualifiers in scriptures. So take for instance what we're talking about here: the earth being resolved with fire. In Second Peter three, it says, "Above all, you must understand that." Above all. So like when I read that, my my uh, spiritual spidey senses, for lack of a better word, are like, dude, I better key in to what the Lord's getting ready to say. And you think about who the writers are, what they had an understanding of, the fact that they literally walked with Christ. They saw the miracles. They saw the death. They saw the resurrection. They saw the ascension. They bore witness and were recipients and, and beneficiaries of the outpouring of the spirit at Pentecost. Uh, they were raising the dead. They were healing the sick. They were casting out demons. They knew Christ in such an intimacy. And so when they say, and the epistles are the gospels, 
or anywhere else, when they say above all, you must understand or note this or, or, you know, they make these very strong declarative qualifier statements before they say something. I really pay attention considering the source of what they're saying. So here we are in second Peter three, three through seven. It says above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires they will say where is this coming he has promised it's a mocking tone that they're speaking in ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation but they deliberately forget there is the key word deliberately it is a willful deliberate choice it is a choice from the strength of the flesh from the strength of the carnality knowing god they neither glorify him nor gave him thanks because they love not the truth god gives them strong to losing it's not that they don't know god it's that not that they don't know the truth they just don't love it and here we have this other qualifier saying they will deliberately forget they go la, 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 la. They plug their ears. They cover their eyes. They want nothing to do with it. That long ago, by God's word, the heaven and earth came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly. I mean, the scriptures couldn't be more clear about this coming firestorm on the face of humanity, not just the face of humanity, not just the face of the earth, but literally the heavens also. We're told also, I believe it's in uh, in, in First Peter, I don't have it in front of me right now, how um, it says all the elements will be destroyed with fire. By the time of Christ's second coming, everything is so corrupted and perverted, just like the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so it should be the coming of the Son of Man, is the corruption is so total. It is a scorched earth policy from the powers of darkness to burn it all down, genetically modify everything, even including your DNA, not to mention the plants, the animals, the soil, the sky, the atmosphere, everything that God literally has to destroy all the elements by fire because none of it are even his anymore. Not the heavens and not the earth and not anything on the earth. And he has spoken over Israel and spoken over to the people of the earth that his jealousy is literally a consuming fire. It says that fire goes out from him. God himself is a consuming fire. Everything is about fire, including even the works of the saints in 1 Corinthians 3 are tested by fire to see what is left remaining. Christ is the foundation on which every man builds. You get to pick your fire retardant materials with which to build with. It says sticks, hay, or straw, gold, silver, or precious stone. But at the coming of the Son of Man, each man's work will be tried with fire to see what is left remaining. When you think about the totality of the scriptures, everything is about fire. Um, Ezekiel 28, uh, Lucifer or Hasaten or, or, or the rebels, whatever, you know, et etymology you want to use for the name of, of the true ruling principalities and the rebel principalities, they're dealt with with fire. Israel is dealt with with fire. The enemies of God are dealt with with fire. Your sins are dealt with with fire. Even at the end of all the age, every single thing, those whose names are not written in the book of life are literally dealt with with fire. That is the second death. The second death is fire itself, the lake of fire. And so then you have this powerful Ruth and this true and trustworthy saying throughout the scriptures in the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
that those who are in Christ, he will actually fight that fire, the licking flames of the powers of darkness, of the sin of your flesh, and the curse of sin and death, and of your rebellious spirit towards God, he will fight fire with fire, with the fire of his Holy Spirit, with the refiner's fire, as it says in Malachi 2 and Malachi 3. He will be to you like a refiner's fire. He will fight all the impurities of the earth. He'll fight the impurities of your carnality with the fire of his Holy Spirit so that the dross may rise to the top and be scraped off. You know, and and uh, and, and for the listeners, if they don't know, I I was a firefighter for a long time. Actually, that's the, the primary career with which I had was being a firefighter paramedic in a city uh, west of Chicago. And I uh, was on a tech rescue team and hazmat, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, was a full-time firefighter. And so I understand the depths of all these analogies that are listed all throughout scripture regarding fire and the, and the consummation of fire. But I, you know, I was speaking of this last week, given to our congregation here. And I said, but much like the modern firefighters of today, where our gear has become so technologically advanced, our covering, it covers us so much that we don't actually understand the danger of the heat and the flames and the suffocating nature of the smoke that we're going into because of this faulty covering of this superior gear that we wear nowadays. Versus in the old days of the fire service, guys did not wear Nomex head hoods. They were not on oxygen with these protective masks. They didn't have this high speed gear covering every inch of their body. They wore three quarter boots that only came up with a long coat with no SCBA apparatus to protect their lungs from the smoke. So they knew when the heat was coming. They knew the intensity of the danger. They knew the savagery of the fame flames and they knew the immediacy and the tenacity with which they had to seek and save lives because they could literally feel the heat burning and blistering the back of their necks that's how the firefighters of old used to be but just like today the modern church is so covered and all these faulty coverings that they don't even understand the firestorm that is breaking over the ridge line in the distance. There's a head of smoke. You can hear the crackling of the flames. You can feel the suffocating nature of what's going on. And still we're playing hear no evil, see no evil, deliberately, very particular language, deliberately, willfully forgetting that the same God who judged the earth with a deluge is coming again to judge it with fire. And this understanding of the firestorm of God that is certainly sweeping all of humanity in the face of the earth could never be overstated or hyper sensationalized. You know, I've heard people say like, oh, if you have to uh, uh, get people to repent with higher uh, hellfire and brimstone, uh, then, then you obviously don't know the Lord. And I'm like, they better be fearful of hellfire and brimstone. Are you kidding me? Because guess what? When I'm in Christ, I have no fear of that. I have no fear of that because I know the second death has no sting over me because Christ paid it all. But if you're not in Christ, you better have a legitimate, fearsome, undone trembling of the nature of the fire that is going to consume everything. Your works, your deeds, and your very life itself. There's a very unique attribute or aspect of fire that most people aren't aware of that those anybody who's been in the fire service, whether it's volunteer or paid or whatever, no one understand. And that is that fire is intrinsically built in 
to every aspect of your physiological, neurological makeup that it is the number one fear of death in humanity. Number one fear of death is death by fire. How's that for the wisdom of God to literally build it into your neurology? Uh, I hate to even address it, but it but it's the reality. When you look at the videos of 9-11 in the Twin Towers, the people were willingly, they willingly chose to jump rather than face the searing heat that was radiating through the walls from multiple offices away. The fear of jumping and the impact and the fall and all the other aspects of neurological processes in the natural, physiologically that they experienced were nothing compared to the fear of that fire searing every ounce of their neurology within their body. That's how significant fire is. It's interesting that what God speaks over mystery Babylon in both Jeremiah 50, 51, and obviously Revelation 18, most people are familiar with that. But the singularity of how he deals with mystery Babylon is fire. Her gates are set on fire. The nation's labor is only fuel for the fire. She will be consumed by fire for mighty is the God who judges her. The smoke of her burning goes up. When they see the smoke of her burning, that's when they finally exclaim, where is there such a great city as this? And it's it's crazy that the Lord literally says that he is a fire itself and he rebukes the people with the flames of fire, Isaiah 66, 15 and 16. And so he's constantly speaking that the people don't understand that this slow smoldering burn, burn going on all around them culturally, economically, militaristically, and hyper-spiritually right now is all these perversities and lawlessness and the veil is being torn between the unseen and unseen and the powers of darkness is literally reaching this great crescendo of what we would call in a fire service a flame over point or a flash point which rolls into a flame over point where everything has this heat building around it and though there's off gassing occurring and there's noxious gas occurring because you don't see a flame you don't understand the threat and in a single instant when the breath of the wind of the lord wherever it comes from breathes on it all of a sudden, the entire thing, the entire room, and all they got, all the contents, and everything else, including the flesh of humans, is consumed with fire in a single instant. And that, brother Frank, is exactly where we're at right now. But the body of Christ is deliberately, willfully choosing to forget who our God actually is. Frank, absolutely, um, folks. It's it, this fire is is coming in god's it, thank you for bringing it up about babylon being destroyed with fire uh, you know there's uh, ezekiel 38 the barriers remember they will burn the bones with fire uh, fire is always a sense uh, it is always judgment but it actually has the ability to do one of two things either to destroy or to purify the problem is brother is that people are so far out there right now they are so far removed from reality that they it's like they're standing in the flames right now but they can't it's like they don't even see it it's I, it's like we are the emperor with no clothes in the united states right now the world's falling apart yeah. everything's crashing and we're going around naked thinking we've got new clothes on 
And well, let, me, let me give you the perfect analogy for that, brother Frank. It, and this is this is something that dawned on me the other day because I remember watching the scenes of those mega California California wildfires just a, a few years ago, and and actually Canada has fallen prey to them. You know, all throughout this year, they can't even fathom the amount of fire that's going on up there. But it's it's akin to what we saw during the California wildfires. Is literally the warning sirens are going off. Uh, the the um, California wildfire fighters at Cal Fire are trying to warn the people to get out of the area. You can literally see it breaching the ridge lines in the mountainous areas of California, and the people are worried about their stupid horses rather than the souls of men and the lives of men. Even the firefighters and the first responders that have to go out into these ranches to try to rally these people, they're worried about keeping their horses calm and protecting their tack and their very expensive horse trailers. Then the reality that the firestorm just broke the ridge line is rolling right towards them. And they're out there petting their horses and grooming their horses. I remember watching video after video after video, video of Cal Fire and all the other entities, the, the BLM and U.S. Forest Service and all the other wildland forest firefighters that were out there trying to get these people to understand the nature of the threat that they were actually in. But because they were lovers of this world and the things of this world, they were willingly, deliberately, willingly uh, dismissive, mocking, and scoffing of the true threat and the nature of the threat to the point of the loss of their very lives. And that's what the believers don't understand. It says, because we know what it is to fear God, we try to persuade men. If you actually knew the nature of the firestorm and who your God is as a consuming fire and how his jealousy burns within him and he will burn with the fire of his mouth. And literally Christ Jesus is fire itself. His face is like the sun. His feet look like brazing bronze. The, the, the throne room in front of God is like a sea of glass on fire. His heavenly, his heavenly storehouse is filled with hailstones mixed with fire. And when the sword comes out of his mouth to defeat all of his enemy, it comes out with blazing fire. Knowing their God, they neither glorify him nor gave him thanks, but they become darkened by the hardness of the heart. And because they do not fear God and they have no fear of this approaching firestorm, then they do not seek to save and salvage the hearts and the souls of men from the fire that is breathing down the backs of their necks. That's why this is so significant. You know, I think of uh, uh, many men and women of God that that were proven to be anointed by God or to, to carry prophetic messages for the Lord. A day, Pastor David Wilkerson is one, or like even a Corey Ten Boom or a Henry Groover and so many of them. And they saw the abominable filth poured out on the earth, just the defilement of filth poured out on the earth and the fire that followed it. All of them have seen the same exact thing. Uh, a, a dear sister in my church shared this crazy vision. The Lord literally, I she's the only one who I've personally known that was taken and shown these things, taken, taken up to, you know, whatever multi uh, multiverse that we actually live and reside in and shown an incense uh, uh, holder, a bowl filled with fire and all the heavenly hosts praising and worshiping God because he was finally going to pour it out onto the inhabitants of the earth. And she saw a firestorm sweep the earth in a way she couldn't even imagine. She was so, so rocked by it that by her words, it took almost two years to recover from the trauma of what she bore witness to.
in that vision from the Lord. And that vision was given to her in 2021, right at the peak of the thing that went on in 2021. And so that's why this is such a big deal. And, and the Lord is in the business of doing whatever it takes to get the attention of the hearts of men. See, the Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promises as men consider slowness. He is patient, not wanting any any to perish. He wants all to come into repentance. And he's so, so tender for the hearts of men that he not only shakes the earth, but also the heavens in the earth so that you know unequivocally that he is who he says he is. Therefore, his justice is what he says it is. His righteousness and his holiness is what it says it is. And his son is the perfect propitiation and the covering for all of that in the way that he told you it was. And he is coming like a consuming fire. And if we don't know and understand that, no wonder why we preach a gospel that's a mile wide and an inch deep, and everybody's rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic after it struck the iceberg, listening to the pleasant music as all the billows and all the different walls within the ship are filling with water and it's sinking in real time. Wow. You're exactly right. You know, folks, I what I can't sometimes and maybe it's because people are not in this world but folks do you understand that our entire nation can be collapsed with one ransomware in the right location one cyber attack in the right location i have been dealing this week specifically actually it's been over a two-week period with a high level of attacks we've been fighting against for customers out in the cloud and it's just been relentless um, trying to sneak through all kinds of different ways and bypassing multi-factor authentication, uh, multi-factor authentication fatigue, different things like that. And it's been a nonstop battle to the point where, brother, I mean, I've got every single time somebody even makes a move, we get an alert immediately because it's been such a battle. Folks, one hit on the power grid, we go back to the Stone Age. One hit. You know, what's crazy place. about Frank is huh? all the global elite in Hollywood are actively warning with predictive programming. That's exactly what they're going to do next. Yeah. There, it, that there, uh, a new movie came out on, on reprobate flicks, Netflix yeah. uh, called leave the world behind. And that's the centrality. The yeah, that's the Obamas. Have, uh, yeah. Yep. Produced by the Obamas. Then you have the PM of the UK telling the people to prepare with stuff because a, a, an impending cyber attack could easily send them back to the Stone Age. You have uh, Iran, Russia, China, all their uh, different cyber warfare elements warning about the cyber attack. And what's interesting, uh, Frank, is, and I think you and I, maybe we talked about this before, but the the Arabic, Arabic and Muslim, most people don't know, not all Arabs are Muslim, right? So the Arabic and the Muslim community literally refer to the United States of America or the West in general, but primarily Israel and the United States as the arrogant one. They won't even use our names in reference. We are just called the arrogant one. That's how they refer to us. Reread Revelation 18, ladies and gents. That's it. And, and Jeremiah 50 and 51. That's exactly how we're referred to as the pride, the arrogancy, the arrogancy, the arrogancy. That is the nomenclature by which Mystery Babylon is known as is their arrogancy. And According to them, this is not me saying this, this is what the world's, our leading enemies are saying, is that the arrogant one 
will be is going to be so easily defeated by us in the very new future because of their reliance on technology. And all we have to do is impede their technology and their cities will burn. That's what they say. They will burn their own cities. They will set their own cities ablaze. They will kill and slaughter one another. They will turn against each other and then they'll turn against their government and then they'll turn against any form of uh, infrastructure type of protections that are out there and all their cities will burn because of their arrogancy and their reliance on technology. That's secular humanism. That's what they're saying. That's military stratagem. That's what they're saying. And so this thing is a big deal. And here's here's the question that I ask all the time because it's a question that the Lord put forth in 2 Peter 3, 10 through 15. He says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Brother Frank, you were speaking about that right at the opening. And he says, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed this way. See, it's an affirmation. This is a guarantee. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? That's the question. See, and, and the church has removed this understanding of the Lord as a consuming fire and how fire is his number one tool of judgment. And so they never even asked the question, since this is what is coming down the pipeline, since this is a certainty, it's an inevitability, and now we're even approaching it's an imminency, as inevitability and imminency are different. Now it is imminent, since this is true, what kind of people ought we to be? And it goes on to say, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the Lord and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Amen. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. So that's the signification of the reality of what Brother and I, brother Frank and I are talking about. That there is a firestorm and the four winds of the Lord are blowing on it and stoking on it because he has a mission set that is going to be fulfilled in both the heavens and the earth. And so then my question is, what kind of people ought we to be? Ought we not be the kind of people that therefore fan into flame the spirit of God that has been entrusted to us, that we allow the refiner's fire to purify and sanctify any uncleanliness and unholiness that's in our lives so that we can be like the three Hebrew boys that are not consumed by the fire, that be, but because we are hidden in Christ, because we dwell and we hide and we abide and we take refuge in and we're secure in the true and better fire of the Lord God Almighty that we're able to pass through the fire without being harmed. And more so to that point that we might actually carry inside of us the living waters of Christ Jesus with which to extinguish all the flames seeking to burn up your loved ones, your reprobate God-hating family members, your unbelieving spouses, and the lost and dying world all around you. Ought that not be the kind of people that we should be operating as in this late hour, Brother Frank? I don't understand the disconnect. The warning signs are everywhere. The, the sirens are blaring. The trumpeter is giving a call, but it's not a clear call. 
And unfortunately, that's why nobody's getting prepared for battle. Frank? Yeah. Okay. So, folks, I've mentioned this before, what Jamie's talking about earlier. And, brother, going back to when you even said that it's um, they're predicting, telling us everything they're going to do. Brother, my dad has this theory. Now, he, he will not claim it's scripture, but he believes that the Lord holds the devil to the same standard he holds himself to. So the Bible says that the Lord does nothing in none of his secret things, unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophet, he believes he holds the devil to the devil is revealing his secret things to his servants, his prophets, the media, the elite, the Hollywood. They're telling us folks literally what they're going to do. They're literally telling us what they're going to do right now. And, we yeah, wasn't it wasn't so it Bill ignorant. Gates, Frank? That huh? wasn't it. Bill Gates wasn't it. Recently, Bill Gates who said the next pandemic will be a uh, cyber cyber pandemic. I believe it was it was a World Economic Forum or the Davos Group or Bill Gates. It was one of those three. So it doesn't really matter if I'm getting the details uh, uh, wrong because of the the influence and influence that those people have. But they said the next pandemic will be of a cybernetic nature. Is what they said. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. And and so everything Jamie's been telling us about, folks, this stuff is going to happen. And what all what all we could be, you know, it's kind of like the Lord laid down his life, paid the price. The least the very least we can do is serving with our whole heart. The very least. Like that's the bare minimum is serve the Lord with everything we have, because what he did was so much greater. We ought to be about our heavenly father's business in this hour. Judgment is coming and you don't want to get to the, to the end, you know, and realize that you were serving another gospel, another God, another Jesus that we created in our own mind. And it's real easy to understand the true God, you just pick up the book and you read about him, you pray to him, and he will reveal his truth to you. But brother, we you're right. I mean, a firestorm's coming. It's it's no, it's not even coming. It's here. It is already here. And I'll tell you what's being burnt up. That's people's senses. They are they are numb and dull to what's going on at this hour. That's my feeling. Absolutely. I, I, I keep saying people are either pulling in or they're checking out and they don't understand that Christ Jesus is the one who said that, you know, in John nine, that I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Cause the night is coming where no one can work. You know, I, I think all the time too, about uh, Jacob, at, you know, what we would know as Jacob's well now and how he's talking to all the other guys gathered there. And he gives his command to them. And in Genesis 29, he says, look, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to gather, water the sheep and take them back to pasture. We have Matthew 24 and 25, where Christ literally speaking about a second coming and this firestorm that is coming. He says, blessed is the servant who I find giving the other servants their food at their proper time. It will be good for him in that day. Like there is so much work to be done. We're told to redeem the time. 
or make the most of every opportunity, some translations read, because the days are evil. Be wise, not unwise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And there's work to be done. Even in Jude 1, we have a very specific mission set given from the Lord. Again, Jude is speaking exactly to that same spirit that Peter is speaking to in 2 Peter 3 about the mockers and the scoffers, the mockers and scoffers. And by the way, it's not, they're not letters written to the unbelieving world. It's talking about the Christians, the claimants of Christ will be the ones mocking and scoffing. And he says, they'll be following their own evil desires, devoid of the spirit. But then he says, you must carry out this mission set right smack in the middle of it. He says, have mercy on those who doubt and save others by snatching them out of the fire. And to others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating the very garments stained by sin. He's like, do you not understand what's happening? You have a mission set to save and to salvage the lives and the souls of men by snatching by from the fire because the fire is coming. And yet again, like we keep addressing, Frank, is that people are literally hear no evil, see no evil, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, lovers of self, proud, boastful, arrogant, abusive, treacherous, rash, full of conceit, disrespectful to their parents. They're always learning, but never able to come to an understanding of truth. They devote themselves to the doctrines of demons, not Christ Jesus. They don't want to magnify Christ. They want to magnify rapture. They want to magnify the shape of the earth. They want to magnify whether or not Christmas is pagan. They magnify everything but Christ. They devote themselves to the doctrines of demons. They give themselves over to meaningless quarrels about myths and genealogies. And they divide and they conquer and they devour. But they're always learning. But they're never able to come in and understand the truth. And they mock and scoff the very spirit of God that is trying to shake them from their slumber. Listen to the smoke alarms going off, ladies and gents. Feel the wetness of the sprinkler heads that have already popped because the heat is so significant and get out. Get out mm. not only from your flesh and from your carnality and from your double-mindedness, but then be a, a person of honor and courage and commitment and in the fear of the Lord actually seek to save and salvage and snatch others from the very same fire that's burning all around us. Mm. Brother, praise God. Folks, that I couldn't said it any better if I had to. We are living in a time where you got to come to a point of just making a decision. Is is are you going to do what you want to do? Or are you going to follow the Lord? And he's right. I mean, this endless arguing and fighting and bickering over nonsense. Listen, I know the doctrines of God are are wonderful. His truths are are everlasting and we should always want to understand know the truth but also remember the mercy that God had upon us in our ignorance as we began to learn the truths of God to have the same mercies on other people that maybe haven't come to the same level of knowledge yet that you have and remember the grace of God that he showed towards you and your ignorance to show towards other people instead of our constant tearing them down in order to puff ourselves up and show how smart we are because we are so much more learned than everybody else folks i i i don't understand the need for this constant self um, 
puffing ourselves up and, and needing to be to be just uh blessed and everybody know how we are we are so chosen because we're so smart and we're so much better than everybody. You know, God is looking for those who will humble him themselves and that he will lift them up. Those who aren't worried about the gifts from men, but care about the gifts of God. I this is a horrible time we live in. You know, I'm going to tell you a true story that happened this week, you know, and I, we had a particular customer and, um, it's, a it's a three locations. They had not, you know, I run an IT company and they had not replaced their computers for years. And I, you know, the way we do our, our, uh, our agreements with people, it's an all you can eat package. You pay a certain fee. We maintain everything. You don't have to worry about us hitting you nickel and dime in you. All around. Well, I tell people, you know, I usually only charge uh, about every five years additional when people do server upgrades or migrations, or you're going to replace a bulk amount of computers, which personally, I hate computer replacements. They're just, but we, if we made money off of replacing computers, we'd be broke. Um, but I had a very large sale for a customer because their computers needed to be replaced and they were new customer sizable contract. And uh, so I cut the time in half, even though I was didn't wasn't happy with it because I knew it was going to take me a long, you know, it was a lot of hours we we're going to have to put in. It was a huge amount of computers, but I cut it in half. And the the guy, the the business owner of this place, brother, was negotiating like you wouldn't believe, and he was not happy that I was charging this. And I said, "Look, man, I this is who I we're going to charge this because I'm not going to lose money." We got it, you know what I mean? And I and I held firm. Well, we got a call back from the manufacturer of the computers, Dell. It's the end of the year. They wanted to do anything. It was a rather large uh sale. And they said, Hey, we can give you an extra five to eight percent to make this deal happen. And I told uh one of the ladies who works for me, I said, You better tell them to give us the full amount or this deal's not going through. As I was ready to walk from this customer, I was not dr- changing my price. And uh, I'd already gone down far enough. Well, they came back. They went two points even above their highest amount and dropped the price complete uh, a, a huge amount. Now, the customer wanted me to drop my rate down to meet this certain amount, uh, and and I refused to do it. Now, when they came back and they told me, you know, hey, we'll drop the price down, I could have even my one of my guys that was working with them said, you know, we could just move the move the uh the labor you know take the, move the keep the discount and then look like we dropped our labor down so he would feel that he got everything he wanted and all that and I could have manipulated the numbers and and he would have felt like he got the win and I said I cannot do that I said my integrity is on the line I have to be honest and I went back to them I said here's what happened I said I could have manipulated these numbers but I will not this is where we stand. If you can't, if I do that, you will never be able to trust me. And if that's okay, if we're not the right fit for you, then we'll help you find a company it is and left it at that. And he was not happy. You know what, though? I believe because we honored God, stayed true, he finally turned around, had a change of heart, and he signed, and he's okay. And you know what he learned that day, brother? He can trust our company to always deal with him in truth and never be worried. Folks, that's the problem we're facing today. I could have easily manipulated those numbers and made it work to my favor, and he would have never known the difference. 
But in the end, I would have known and God would have known I played a trick on him to make him feel like he did it. But I'm not going to go down like that because I feel like I need a couple extra dollars in my pocket. We must maintain our integrity in this hour and stay true to God no matter what happens. Even if you lose big customers or whatever it is, stay true and God will honor you. Sorry, brother. Hey, I, just, I mean, this comes, has been a very comes, emotional thing for us this week. We're talking. Yeah, monster no, I get it, man. And and that comes back to that counting the cost, you know, count counting the cost of being all in for Christ. Like, are you willing to? And that, this is how high the bar is. And he says, are you willing? Are you willing? He doesn't say, are you willing? He says, forsake. It's just declarative. Forsake father or mother or brother or sister, even your very life for my sake. And if you do, if you are not willing to forsake, these things for me. He says, you cannot be my disciple. That's how high the bar is. And again, this comes back to the firestorm, the approaching firestorm that is coming. Are you willing to put your back to the black, as they say in wildland forest firefighting, put your back to the black means that you actually set your own fires. You burn off all the undergrowth, all the dead wood, all the thorns and the thistles. You burn off all these combustibles so that when the real firestorm comes towards you, there's no fuel to burn and your back is to the black and you turn and face the flames. This fiery inferno that's that's just swallowing up everything else in it. But because you took care of business, because you put in the hard work and you counted the cost and you cleared all that undergrowth and all that deadwood and all that garbage out, now the fire cannot jump to anybody else, nor can it consume anything else. Because by the spirit of God and obedience to God, having counted the cost, you already did the the, the work that the Lord required by purifying and sanctifying and mortifying the things of the flesh and the things of this world. You're willing to forsake it all for his cause. Mm. And he's like, now you can actually face the fire. And I use this axiom all the time. If you are not willing to let the Lord have his way in your heart now because of pride, haughtiness, hubristic, self-reliance, self-aggrandizement, your neo-gnostic, super-duper special knowledge about feast days and that day and shape of the earth and this thing and these holidays like like if you're not willing to forsake all those things for the cause of christ you will be consumed by the coming firestorm but if you are filled to overflowing with the spirit of god which is literally the fire of god you won't be consumed by the fire but you'll actually be able to carry what comes next and so you have this juxtaposition of scorched earth policy you have the scorched earth policy which is a military doctrine by the way of the powers of darkness and you have the scorched earth scorched earth policy of the lord of the heavens armies both equally competing but like you said brother frank the lord's fire is meant to purify and sanctify the enemies is meant to consume and devour and destroy. And if we're not willing, not willing to allow the Lord to have his way in our heart, even when the Lord pours out the spirit of his, the fire of his spirit in these latter days on his people, on his warrior redeemed to go forth in the strength of the Lord and do daring exploits, Daniel eleven thirty two. the harvest is plenty, plentiful, but the workers are few to actually be a part of this final great harvest to testify to the all sufficiency of the lamb and of the line of the tribe of Judah, who is surely warring from on high right now, you will not be able to carry the fire, but rather you'll be consumed by it. 
So again, that's that's coming back to Second Peter three. Yes. The the question is simple. It's simple. In light of this, since this is true and all this is true, I didn't even touch. I didn't even touch on the other hundred scriptures. Since this is true, what kind of people ought we to be? Zechariah thirteen eight nine says, and the whole of the land declares the Lord, two thirds will be struck down and perish. Yet one third will be left in it. This third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. And I will say, they, those ones, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord, the Lord is our God. That's the finality of it all, brother. Amen. Brother, praise God. I I wish I lived right next to you so we could just hang out. That would be all the time. It'd be so, because folks, I, I, I just love talking about God. I love talking about the word. I love talking about what's, you know, what's going on in this world and the scriptures and the fulfillment and the excitement at the depth of God's word, because it is the only thing that's going to sustain. You know, I, I, I say this often. I have a business. I run a business, you know, and we're about 18 people now. I would be as January one. And you know what, folks, I'm not going to take a dollar with me. I am simply maintaining until he comes because the Lord is, is coming very soon. And if we can just get in our heads, there's nothing in this earth that's worth having. The only thing that's worth it is Jesus. Then it makes it so much easier to move through this world. And you know what? When you lose something, when something gets taken or your car gets wrecked or whatever happens, you don't let things bother you because all that matters is the Lord and his will and may it be done. And may all the other blasphemers and scoffers mouths be shut because their knees shall bow at his coming very soon. Brother, God bless you for coming. I just appreciate everything you do and, and the way you are, are just taking the command from the Lord to prepare and help the underground churches. What's going on right now in, at, at your camp out there? What's, what's, what's happening? Ah, we're just uh, always working, man. You know, we build like, I crazy. know that's all you all do is just build. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Build, yeah, we just work and, and, you know, we have our church body here and we just, you know, I'm constantly crying out to the Lord for wisdom and, and leadership and humility and meekness to understand the heart of the Lord for people. And and they're the sheep of his pasture. And so that's kind of our our uh, every waking focus is is how to strengthen and equip the saints. I mean, that's it is strengthen and equip the saints. And, and he used to say for the days that are ahead, but it's not the days that are ahead anymore. It's the days that are here. Oh, and so amen. that's kind of like the focus. And it's like, Lord, conform me more to your image. Lord, sanctify me more. Lord, expose me where where I'm double minded, you know, or, or where my deceitful heart, you know, uh, uh, makes me think more highly of myself than I ought to on a spiritual level or whatever the case is. And so, you know, the, the days here are are pretty simple. It's like hungering and thirsting for righteousness, because I know he's promised that we'll be satisfied and uh and and if that's in in right vertical alignment then 
you know, the, the body of Christ will, will be blessed and their joy and progress in the faith will increase. So that's the simplicity of what we're doing here on the camp 24 seven. Hey brother, where you live is just, uh, amazing. I've seen the pictures. I haven't been there yet. I'm going to hopefully make it there. I hope to make it there very soon. Um, come to one of your events. It seems like every time I'm coming out there and traveling, it's the week after, um, when I've gone out there, yeah. and, but, uh, I want to come out there and be, be with you all and worship with you all and just celebrate the good things that God's doing folks. The underground church is, it's, it's going to, it's going to be the only one. It's going to be the only one in existence. So the judgments already started and you, being a true believer one day, they will run you out. I'm not saying there's still not godly pastors out there and churches that are still take doing, but I'm telling you one day they will run you out if you want to follow the Lord. Oh, yeah. So thank God for people like Jamie, who's, um, you know, teaching and training people, folks, you don't need a degree to be a, to be an elder, to be a shepherd, to be a pastor, you know, which pastors only used a couple times in the Bible. Anyways, um, you just need the spirit of the living God and to walk in his ways and the Lord can train you and teach you. I never thought during the pandemic, we were going to have all the people worshiping at our home that we did. You, you know what? That was God. That wasn't me. That was the Lord. You know, brother, the tr- I, I've been, the Lord has blessed me with a lot of good friends around here now that are, that are same mindset I am. And it took a lot of years of having none hardly, but the Lord slowly over a long time led me to some great people. And the truth is folks, I know a lot of wonderful people around here that dearly love Jesus, but only very few even know about the remnant call. You know why? I don't share it because this is a ministry the Lord led me to. I don't need any man's praises. I can do it in the quiet and the privacy of my home. I don't need any glory. I don't need you to know me. I don't need you to send money. I just need you to seek God and know that I, my desire is to have something to do with as many people's uh, salvation, to have a part to play that I don't do the saving, but if I could just point you to Jesus, if I could just encourage you to seek the Lord and, and then you turn your heart to him, then my joy's filled. My joy's filled. I got what I want. I don't want any gifts. All I want is to see people give their hearts to Jesus. And I'm telling you, brother, Amen. God's bringing back those who look unsavable, and he's going to shut the mouth of these scoffers in this last hour of earth history when he starts saving all those people who you thought the Lord couldn't save, people that we all looked at and said, there's no way. I, God just looks at it and says, you don't know the power of the Almighty. That Amen. drunkard, that drug addict, that prostitute, that homosexual, yeah, I could turn them back straight. Watch what God's going to do in this hour. God's going to. In fact, brother Frank, he says very clearly in Zephaniah three. I just happen to have it open to me, and I see it highlighted in red as you're saying. It says, "On that day, you will not be put to shame for all the wrongs that you have done to me, because I will remove from this city those who rejoice in their pride. Never again will the haughty be on my holy hill." But I will leave within you the meek and the humble who trust in the name of the Lord. And mm-hmm. it's like that the the these shape of earth people or this day, that day people, or this food, that food, that people, and this feast day, that feast day people, and 
and this is satanic panic people and everything else is like they they are the prideful and the haughty and the self-righteous and the arrogant ones that the Lord says he will remove. He's actually, those are the ones that say, Lord, Lord. They're the ones that he says he will remove because they never understood his heart. It was always about them. It was never about Jesus. It was always about themselves and, and about their sense of superiority over the next guy. And they're in their treacherous, rash, abusive, just full of conceit posture. But the Lord says, but the humble and the meek, that's who I'm going to leave in the land. And the humble and the meek are the ones that are undone and broken by the grace of God made known in the face of Christ Jesus. Mm. That's who will be left in the land. Hallelujah. The mega distinction that the Lord is getting ready to make. I think of all the nasty grams, all the, especially this time of year with Christmas, all the haughty, haughty, arrogant, self-righteous claimants of Christianity just devouring the airwaves, devouring the social media, taking the time to write emails and post and blah, 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 and all these things. And it's like, do you not understand that the Lord is about ready to remove you all from the earth? But the ones that are like, praise God for his saving grace, not praise God for whether a tree is a phallic symbol of Nimrod or not. They're like, praise God, praise God. God, I was blind and now I can see. Lord, take my whole life. Take all of it. I was a dead man walking and you made me alive in Christ Jesus. I'm undone by you, Lord. Whatever you would have me do, God, not my will, but your will be done. He mm. goes, those are the ones. Those are the ones who will inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. Not the neo-gnostics, not the proud, not the arrogant, not the haughty, not the super duper special day calendar keepers, the meek will inherit the earth. And the Lord is about ready to make a radical, guttural, butt-wrenching, fearsome distinction. Malachi 3.16 through 4.3. It's coming, Brother Frank, and it's mm. coming quick. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. God bless you. I just appreciate you coming on here. And enjoy um, just, you know, such encouragement of enthusiasm uh, for the Lord and his things. Folks, God has a plan in this last hour. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He's not given up on you. If you don't have the money to get all the preparations that you think you had, you know what? All you got to do is prepare your spirit with the Lord. Okay, I'm not against prepping. But the truth is the homeless, the meek, the poor, they don't have the money. But you know what? God loves them. Prepare your heart with him. Prepare your soul with him, and he will guide you. Remember, it only took three days out of Egypt, and they left completely. They said The Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians. They took everything they needed from them when they left. Three days later, they were trying to go back. Your provisions won't make it very long when this place goes completely south. We need to be ready in the Lord so that he alone can sustain us through this last hour. God bless you. Keep up with Brother Jamie on omegadynamics.org and also on Facebook channel. And he also has a YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and keep up with what's going on. This is Brother Frank and Brother Jamie Walden at the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Oh,
Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountains. The 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 trumpet